Good to see everyone here, and good morning to everyone online. I was looking real briefly before I came in here to see who was watching online, and uh, someone had to let us know, and all of us know here, that they're in Gulf Shores, Alabama right now, and they said it was nice and sunny and warm. Well, we have snow. So we are enjoying snow here, but I want to say good morning. Uh, I saw others from Howell and the Olivet Springport area and uh, just a number of others that I didn't even uh, recognize on there, and, uh, and so uh, of where you may be, uh, but uh, so glad that you're joining us online and uh, those of us gathered here in this space. I want to invite you to turn to two different passages of Scripture, one being Isaiah 60 and the other being Matthew 2. And we'll get to Matthew 2 in a little bit, but we're going to start with Isaiah 60. So an Old Testament reading and also a, a New Testament one. I want to let you know, too, that we're going to be sharing in the Lord's Supper today. Uh, we're going to be having communion. If you did not receive the elements, uh, Nick has some over there. Just catch his eye, raise um, your hand, and he'll come over and get that. And then also at home, we invite you to gather up some uh, elements, whatever that may be that you can find, and join us, uh, whether you're alone or with your family, join us together for communion here at the end. Well, we made it to 2021, and in a really weird way, that seems just like a huge accomplishment, right? It seems like a win. And really, the reality of what happened on the 31st and the 1st, not a lot changes besides the calendar, uh, but it just feels like there's a freshness, a, a new hope, something different this year. And 2020, there are many days that I'm sure you had, or weeks or months, that just felt like they were never going to end. And, uh, but as we look back at the year, it's amazing that we have uh, made it through the year and we're standing in a brand new year uh, today. So here we stand with 2020 in our rearview mirror and 2021 ahead of us. And it's unknown. Just like every other year, it's unknown what is before us and the opportunities we have. But that's exactly it, as opportunities that we have. On Christmas Eve service, whether you watched online or you were here outdoors with us, there were two words that I used to describe my 2020. And those two words were weary and hope. And really just putting those together is this weary hope is that I felt this weariness throughout the year, just the, the heaviness, the, the decisions, the processing, just like all of us. We had different uh, realities to get used to, to change to, to walk in and to try to understand, and there's this weariness. But at the same time, because of my faith in Jesus Christ, there was also a great hope. And as I've said many, many times, and I will say many, many more times, is that uh, hope is not like a grown-up uh, wish, like as kids you wish for things, and then as adults we just use a fancier word, hope. That's not what it is at all. It's confident expectation. And we have this trust in Jesus because he's faithful. And his promises are all yes and amen that the scripture tells us. And so we can trust in him. And that's what true hope is, is we know that there is something better ahead of us, that there's, there's opportunity ahead of us. And so this weary hope is a reality that seemed to define 2020 and, and if I'm stepping into this, is that there's still a bit of weariness, but there's this expectant hope that really that first word is, is changing for me, is this expectant hope. And here's why. This is what we do know about 2021, is that God is good, that God is faithful, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We know that Jesus, for, the, for many of us that gather here and, and online, that Jesus is our Savior, that we also know this, that the church of Jesus Christ is still alive and active. It just looks different today. The way we gather, the way we operate, it, it doesn't change anything to God's mission. God is still in control. And then also this, is that we as followers of Jesus, we as the church, 
is that we're better together than we are apart and alone. We're better together than we are apart and alone. And that's something for us to remember as we walk through this year. And we're going to be talking about community coming up here in the next number of weeks. Is What does it look like to have a cultivated biblical community rooted in the essentials? I'll mention that a little bit later on in the service, and we'll be exploring that in the coming weeks here. But there was a passage in 2 Corinthians as I was reading that just seemed really appropriate as we stand in this threshold, this, this changing of the year. And it's 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10. It says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And we always carry around in our bodies the death of Jesus, so that, such an important phrase there, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Now, this is a a concept that maybe we don't think about a lot, is that we always carry around the death of Jesus in our, our body is we're constantly reminded of what Jesus did, his sacrifice on the cross. And it's not so we have this gloomy reality, but rather it's so that the life can exude out of us. It's that hope that I mentioned just a few minutes ago. It's that expectant hope. And see, this is a drawing to others around us. It's, it's a drawing in our world with our words and our actions when we walk in this hope. And Jesus said this. He said this. He said, In John chapter 12, he said, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. See, Jesus was referring to the cross. When he's lifted up, he will draw all people to himself. And so Jesus is this light, this hope, this this reality that we put our faith and trust in. But there's also a passage in Isaiah 60, like Jesus was talking about this restoration, this reconciliation through him that we see in Isaiah 60. And and what the prophet Isaiah is pointing to is really the city and God being present in the city of Jerusalem here. But but this hope that goes beyond just the physical place. It's it's an eternal reality and this reality in Christ as well. So Isaiah chapter 60, starting in verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. What a cool image is in the darkness and the glory of the Lord over. Nations will come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and and look about you. All assemblage come to you. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on your hip. Then you will look and will be radiant and your heart will throb and swell with joy. And the wealth on the seas will be brought to you and the riches of the nations will come. And it goes on to continue with this way, is that the light of God has come and he's drawing all nations to himself, that Jesus has come and Jesus is drawing all people to himself. And so as we enter 2021, I'm inviting all services to do this, everyone at home and everyone here, is that we want to start uh, really in this posture of prayer. And I'm asking us to do two things. Is, prof- or is confess and then profess. So that we enter 2021, and maybe you've already done something like this, is that we, we enter before the Lord with clean hands, with, with the reality of that we have nothing to hide or be ashamed of before the Lord. Is God is a God that is forgiving, and so we confess our sin. We confess any, anything that we've been holding, any fear, any worry, any sort of um, sin, any sort of uh, you know, addiction, any sort of lust, whatever it may be, is that we're just open-handed before the Lord, that we confess that to God. 
And then the second part is that we profess faith in him, that hope that I've been talking about, is that we profess, God, you are good, that God, you're ahead of us, God, that, that we will faithfully follow after you. So I'm just going to take a moment. We're going to pause here and here and at home that you would do this, is that you would confess any sort of sin that you've held on to, that you brought into the new year, and then also profess faith. So confess sin and then profess faith. So take a moment and do that, and then I'll lead us in prayer. Father God, it's through Jesus Christ that we have our sins forgiven. And Lord, I thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. Lord, I thank you that you hear our prayers, that you hear our confessions, and uh, Lord, that you forgive us our sins. Lord, that you bring about a healing in us and through us. And so Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness. And God, also, Lord, we profess faith in you in this year. Lord, this last year might have been one of concern or worry or um, whatever it may be. God, whatever is ahead of us, we, we surrender to you. Lord, as a church and also as individuals that make up that church. Lord, we profess faith in health issues and work issues and relational issues and, and uh, issues in our country, in our world, our state. And Lord, we ask that you would help us. So Lord, you're a good God and we're so thankful. And we pray this in Jesus' strong and powerful name. Amen. So with some of that in mind, I invite you to turn to our next passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 2, and this is where we're going to spend our remainder of our time. And this is a story that we hear about and we probably know pretty well uh, as kids we hear it, and it's the story of the Magi coming to the Christ child here. And what I'd like us to do is that you would engage the story, that you would put yourself in the story, that maybe you'd ride along with the Magi or you would be standing there next to King Herod or uh, you'd be standing there next to Mary and Joseph as the Magi arrive. Whatever it may be, that you'd insert yourself in the story and that you would try to understand with, with fresh eyes. And we talk about this, this week is Epiphany um, or other names, maybe the Feast of the Epiphany or Theophany or uh, Three Kings Day is that this moment where the church has paused to remember Jesus being revealed to Gentiles, to the world beyond just the Israelites, beyond the Jews, is that there is this revealing to the world. Because I love how uh, John 3.16 tells us is that for God so loved the world. He didn't just love Israel. He didn't just love the United States. He didn't just love another country. It's that he so loved the world that God has eyes for the world. And so here we are with this revealing to the world. And so we're going to read chapter 2 of Matthew. I invite you to follow along. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, 
He asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I, may too, that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So now, as we look at this story, I want us to see ourselves and learn from the Magi. I want us to, to learn from them because I think they give a great example of some ways that we can engage 2021. And the first way that we can be like the Magi is to seek Jesus. The first way is to seek Jesus. Now, we daily have a choice to seek Jesus, which the inverse is just as true. We have the daily choice not to seek Jesus. The Magi chose to seek Jesus, just like the shepherds chose to seek Jesus. They made a decision to go, to go meet the Christ child. Jesus, too, calls us as his followers, as disciples, to do the same. He said this in Luke chapter 9. Jesus said this as, People were gathering around him, clamoring for his attention, for, for the favor that was upon him right there. Jesus said this to them, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. So Jesus is saying, hey, you want to follow me? You want to be like me? You, you want this, this presence? You must deny yourself daily. Daily choose to follow me. Take up your cross. That there is a choice that there is to be made every single day. So we choose to seek Jesus every day. It's one of the things the Magi had to do. I mean, consider the Magi. They didn't make just one choice to seek Jesus. They made many choices. They traveled somewhere between 600 and 700 miles to meet Jesus, to meet this Christ child. 600 to 700 miles, a journey that probably would have taken about two years. Two years. I mean, they didn't hop in a car or a train or a plane is that there's this journey. And so they initially chose to seek Jesus, but then there was continual choices. Every day they had to get up, even if they were tired, even if they had hurt themselves along the way, even if they just didn't feel like it, if they were sick, if there was trouble, if they were hungry, whatever it was, is they continued to choose to seek Jesus every single day. They pressed on no matter what the hardship was. See, this is similar to us as we seek Jesus in 2021, is that there's days where we get up and we're like, I am just too tired to read the word today. So I'm going to grab my phone instead and I'm going to scroll the news and I'm going to get really angry about the news. I'm going to start my day like that. Or you know what? I'm just, I don't want to pray today. I'm just too upset at the world, what I just read in the news. See, seeking Jesus is his daily choice of, of choosing to follow after him every single moment, every single day. It's this choice, even if there's hardship in the way. And development takes time and effort in our life, the seeking Jesus. 
Now, we've had three words that have defined our mission here as a church for a number of years. The word develop, the word serve, and the word reach. And we've had variations of mission statements here. But I want to remind you of what our mission statement of the church is, what we're about, what we're going about. Is This is our church's mission statement, is developing followers of Jesus who serve to reach one more. So we develop in order to serve, in order to reach. And we keep doing this again. So we grow, we seek Jesus daily. And to be a follower of Jesus takes a daily choice to develop. See, who you are as a human being is not one decision you made. It is daily small decisions who have created you to be you. What you eat, what you do, who you go around, who, where you go, what you do. What, I mean, there's big decisions in there, but there's a bunch of little decisions that add up to make you. So as we develop, it's a bunch of little decisions along the way. And we serve in Jesus' name, and we reach in Jesus' name. And so I want, to throw out, I want to throw out two sentences at you in light of this development. Because if you're anything like me and I hear what I'm saying, I think about all the stuff I have to do. All the things I need to add to my life. All the things that, that are there as part of my day. So this is what I want you to hear. Is that following Jesus in 2021 is more about subtraction than addition. It is about rediscovering how we use our time. Say that one more time. And we're going to come back to this throughout the year. Following Jesus in 2021 is more about subtraction than addition. It is about rediscovering how we use our time. See, I want to add, I just think about like all the things I got to add to be a better follower of Christ, to follow Jesus. But what is, how can I reorganize my life, my day, my choices? Make it a little more simple, but seek Jesus in the middle of it. Like I said, we're coming back to this. But this is why I believe it's important, is these next couple of verses that we see in verse 4, 5, and 6, is that we are, we're busy. And 2020 was, you know, this reset button, right? I mean, we've done things differently. You sit here with masks on. We had Christmas Eve service on the flatbed of a trailer, semi-trailer. Um, you go to school differently. You, you work differently. There's all these things that are different. And we can get busy again doing these different things. But we don't want to miss Jesus. Hear this in verse 4 of chapter 2 of Matthew. When he had called together, this is Herod. They're asking where the king of the Jews is to be born. It says, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. So what he's doing, he's like, hey, let's get all the pastors, all the priests, all the seminary professors, all the religious scholars. Let's get everyone that knows the word together. And we're going to ask them the question of where Jesus is to be born. So he gathers them all together, and this is the response. And I want you to notice just how matter of fact this answer is. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. They're like, hey, Micah said this. He said, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So here, the religious leaders are saying, yep, this is where he's to be born. And the Magi are like, so how far away is that? Uh, five to seven miles down the road. Now, the Magi had traveled probably 600 to 700 miles at this point. And we have no idea what these, these chief priests and these religious leaders did after this conversation. 
but there is a level of passivity in their answer that disturbs me. And I wonder if the Magi looked at them going like, so you, so you know where the Messiah is to be born and you're still here? I mean, we don't know if they went to see them. We have no scriptural record that anyone from, from Herod's team, his advisors went because Herod said, hey, why don't you go find Jesus, the Christ child, and then let us know where he's at and we're gonna come and worship him. See, this causes me to think that, that we can be so close to the answer, like the religious leaders in Herod were, to Jesus, but yet so far away. That we can be so, so familiar with the right answers, the way to speak, the way to answer. The, the, you know, when you're around this person, you got to talk this way to really show that you're a Christian. That we become so familiar with these ways that we just don't, respond with the heart. That we can have all the knowledge of Jesus here, but it never transfers to here. It never changes us. We can be five to seven miles away from the Messiah and say, oh, that's nice. Yep, scripture says that. That's where he's to be born. See, we can have the answers, but never have the transformation. And that's my fear. We go through another year that I go through another year, you go through another year where we have the answers, but there's not the transformation. Will we be transformed? Will we seek Jesus like the Magi? Now, I think there's something really beautiful too. For those who are not yet Christians, those who are maybe been burned somewhere along the way, hurt by some sort of Christian, maybe someone who's starting to rediscover their faith, someone who's saying, okay, maybe there's something to this faith, this Jesus thing. I think there's something really encouraging that the Magi do here in this part of the story. Is that I hope you see yourself in the Magi here because the Magi were outsiders. When they went before Herod, they were outsiders. When they went and they found Jesus, they were outsiders. But guess what? Mary and Joseph didn't say, nope, you can't come in. These outsiders, these these people who were different, who were outcasts, who were Gentiles, they came and they responded to the Christ child. They were welcomed there. And so if you have been hurt by a Christian, whether you are following Christ now or you're not following Christ, if you have been hurt by a Christian, do not let an imperfect human being push you away from the perfect Christ. Can't say that loud enough. Do not let an imperfect human being, whether they call themselves a Christian or not, push you away from the perfect Christ. The Magi were welcomed. And I love it. Scripture tells us in Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me, and when you seek me with all your heart. See, God doesn't hide. He's not going like, oh, I'm just going to hide. Maybe they'll find me. This is fun. Is that God wants to be found. He tells us to seek him. See, we've been given the word of God. We've been given the gift of prayer. We've been given the church. We've been given each other. And so this year, let's seek him. Second, the, the second and third one will be much quicker here. The second thing is respond to Jesus. Verse 11 says this. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. They came expectant. Not only were they seeking Jesus, they came expectant. They, they were ready to respond to Jesus. I mean, they didn't show up and be like, oh, he's here. Like, he's here. And, oh, I wish I had brought something, some sort of gift. And, 
But now that we see him, what do we do? They were expectant. They were ready to encounter the Christ child. When they found him, they're like, yes, he's here. And they gave their gifts they had prepared. And they worshiped. They were prepared. They were expectant. Let us be expectant this year. See, God does not hide. God wants to be found. God has revealed himself through the word, through Jesus, through prayer, through the church. He's revealed himself. And I love it. C.S. Lewis said this. He said, look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else. So you may be searching for some sort of answer, some sort of direction, some sort of healing. What C.S. Lewis is saying there is that this is the answer and then everything else trickles from it. Everything else comes with Christ. And hear this too, is that maybe you've been looking for Jesus, you've been looking for this answer in a place like Jerusalem. Because the Magi went to Jerusalem expecting to find Jesus there. I mean, this is where the king of the Jews would be born in royalty. They expected that there. But sometimes our expectations need to change because Jesus is just down the road in a setting different than what we expected. I mean, you may be waiting for this like burning bush moment of like, God revealing himself to you. And God's like, nope, I'm in the simple reality. Put your faith in me. Trust me. So we respond. And your response may look different. So seek Jesus and respond to Jesus. And the third and the final thing is go somewhere unexpected. Go somewhere unexpected. When we encounter the Christ child, the risen Savior, we're moved in new directions and to new places and new realities. Verse 12 says, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, where they had been, they returned to their country by another route. We shouldn't be surprised when God takes us to unexpected places. Is that if God is calling you to go somewhere different that's outside the norm, go there. Go. Because guess what? God will be there too. And that's where to be, is to be in the perfect will of God. Go, take that step of faith. If he's calling you, God will be there as well. So what does 2021 look like? No idea. Not a clue. But you know what? God is ahead of us, and we follow after him, trusting in him wholeheartedly. So I want to leave you with three words before we receive the Lord's Supper. Three words that I've been praying over, that we've been talking about here, that we'll continue to talk about as we move into 2021, giving us direction of where we're going in some ways. The first word is community. COVID has interrupted community in so many different ways. And we as a church were called into community with one another. And so the next number of weeks, we're going to be looking at what a cultivated biblical community looks like, is that we want to have these foundational elements. So what does this look like when we look at Acts 2 and we look at the one another's in the church? How can we live this out? We're going to take some practical steps of creating community, community here in person, and also community online. Because we had a couple different ideas of how we can help people connect more uh, following services and throughout the week. And so we'll be releasing those as we come. The second word is the word rootedness. And uh, as I said in second service, I wasn't really sure that this was a word. And someone on Facebook said, yep, and put the definition right there. So it is a word. Um, and so I'm not a huge fan of it, but the point is there, is that we need to grow deeper. It's easy to grow bigger, but we need to grow deeper. And so we're going to be digging into some foundational elements that we're going to see in this early community founded in Acts and these one another's, but we're going to go deeper. We need to put these roots down. We need to be stronger so that we can build into the future coming out of this last year. And so we'll talk more about that. And the third and final thing that we've been praying about 
is, is sending. The word sending. Is that I pray that FBC is known more and more as a sending church. We've had a history of, of supporting those who have been sent, but that we grow more and more people here to be sent out daily and, and beyond. Is locally, like we are very intentional about being sent into our schools and workplaces and, and social gatherings, is that we're very intentional about this. Also that we are sent uh, short-term with more mission projects and teams. Long-term, we'll be sending a, a family most likely out of here in the coming year and a long-term mission project that we're going to be a part of. What does it look like to develop downtown, the campus we have downtown, intentionally? What does it look like to plant a church Who is that team? Where are we going? What is it that God has for us? And all of this is done to reach one more for Jesus. Peter's core message in Acts 2 said this. said, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, and all whom the Lord your God, our God, will call about repentance and baptism, the Spirit of God working through us and this message that goes beyond us. So as we think about seeking God, responding to him, being sent to unexpected places, this unfolding in community in this rooted way and being sent, what is God going to do? And so I ask you is that, talk about developing. Will you develop this year? Will you choose to develop daily? Will you choose to serve this year? Serve other people, both here at the church and in the community, in the world. And then also reach. Will you reach? Who is that one more that you'll reach for Jesus? So we move with these thoughts in mind to something that we do to remind us of why we do what we do, and that's the Lord's Supper. I mean, everything I just talked about is because of what Jesus did on the cross. And so we gather around a table with common elements, being reminded of his sacrifice, his broken body, his shed blood. And hopefully you were able to receive the elements. Is there anyone that needs elements here? Nick can bring it to you. If not, would you take a moment? If there's any sort of sin, anything that's unconfessed in you, that you would just reflect on Jesus' sacrifice and what he's calling you to this year. So would you take a moment and pause, and then I'll lead us. And Father God, in our hands we hold these elements symbolizing your broken body and your shed blood. Father, your word says that we're to do this with a grateful heart. We're to give thanks because of what you did for us. And so, Lord, we say thank you. We say thank you with our words. And as we walk from this place into this new year, we say thank you with our life. It's recorded in the word that the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So take and eat.
He continued saying, in the same way after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So join me, take and drink. Would you join me for prayer? Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy. So Jesus, as we go into 2021, may we be a church and individuals in that church who seek you, who who are expectant, Lord, who go places that surprise us, but God, thank you that you're ahead of us. Lord, we surrender to you this year. God, may you guide us and direct us as we endeavor to do your will. Lord, strengthen us as a community. Lord, strengthen us as we grow deeper in you. And Lord, as we send, God, may you be honored. We pray this all in Jesus' strong and powerful name. Amen.